What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Dolphins and Death Podcast. I'm Daniel Yafusi. That I'm David Neal. Is David Neal. As he was about to tell you. As I was about to tell you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Quick one before we start, make sure to subscribe to the Miami Herald YouTube page. Like, share, comment as well. Subscribe to the Miami Herald. Uh, now, we are just days away from real Dolphins football, if you want to call it that. Uh, the start of the preseason for the Dolphins starts uh, on Friday night at Hard Rock Stadium, where they will uh, host the Atlanta Falcons for their preseason opener. But before that, you know, they're being very gracious guests to uh, the Dirty Birds uh, as they are hosting them for a pair of joint practices in Miami Gardens at the Baptist Health Training Complex. Uh, day one of two joint practices uh, concluded today, Tuesday, uh, with uh, kind of an even even uh, affair. You know, the offense having a little bit of growing pains, as we've seen this time against the Falcons defense. That looks to be a little bit improved. Uh, and the Dolphins defense kind of picking up where they left off uh, in you know the first two weeks of training camp against Miami's offense showing some good stuff on film against uh, the Falcons offense. Uh, but we got a lot more to get into before during practices were held. Uh, the Dolphins released their first depth chart of the season. Uh, I'm not going to say who said it, but someone said they're not worth the paper that they're made off, made on, uh, they're printed on. Uh, I'm not going to say names, but um, maybe some interesting things to kind of glean from that as well as uh, looking back at some comments from uh, one of the Dolphins coordinators and kind of reacting to that and whether that's something that Dolphins fans should be kind of worried about. But we're going to start with that depth chart. Um, again. The depth chart. The depth chart. Uh, McDaniel said uh, depth charts are his nemesis uh, because, again, he said they're rotating guys and you know a lot of guys are getting different reps with different teams, first team, second team, third teams. However, um, I think maybe the most significant thing for uh, for us is that the Dolphins officially acknowledged some stuff that um, we technically weren't allowed to acknowledge. Now, obviously, there's various uh, rules, reporting rules when we're at training camp. You know, you can't say where certain guys were lining up. You can't say who's with the first team or second team. However, if you look at this depth chart, you will see so first team left guard. Not really a surprise. Liam Eichenberg, the team's second round pick uh, from a couple of years back. Um, but you look to the right. Second team left guard is Isaiah Wynn, uh, who the team signed from the New England Patriots uh, in the offseason. Um, didn't really doesn't really have much experience at guard. I think he played a couple of snaps uh, maybe last year. Um, you know, just a few snaps in New England. He's mainly been um, a tackle. However, with Austin Jackson at right tackle, Teron Armstead at left tackle. Um, a lot of people were kind of speculating maybe he can move inside, play left guard. I mean, the Dolphins officially uh, – he talked about it after Saturday scrimmage, but the Dolphins officially acknowledged that. Um, and I got to say, I mean, it has been kind of a struggle for Eichenberg um, during the first two weeks of training camp. You know, I think the, a lot of folks was on him and Austin Jackson and kind of the progress that they can make uh, with Butch Berry, the new offensive line coach. Um, and, you know, year four, this is for uh, Jackson, now year three for Eichenberg. But I'd say definitely Jackson is, seems to be a lot more ahead in his progress compared to Eichenberg, who, again, kind of had uh, some struggles through the first two weeks of training camp. We saw that again with uh, um, the joint practices. Um, and this seems to be an open competition. You know, coaches will tell you there's competition at every spot, but we know that's not true. We know who the starting yeah, quarterback no, is. No, no. We know who the wide receivers are. Is anybody competing with Toronto Armstead for the left tackle spot? No. Um, but left guard seems to be the spot that um, 
you know, there is real competition. And that's something I'm keeping my eye out for. Another thing um, that we, again, weren't really allowed to announce, but the Dolphins have now acknowledged it is Trill Williams um, at safety. Um, you know, he spent his first couple of years in Miami at cornerback. We all know he you know, has had two ACL injuries, uh, but now he's seemingly going back to safety, which he played at Syracuse. They've got him down there. Third team safety is he's kind of working his way back. Um, you know, Tuesday was the first practice that he wore the red non-contact jersey. So he's seemingly a full goal where he's um, you know able to kind of participate in all forms of practice without any limitations. Um, so that's kind of a, a new unique wrinkle. We're going to talk about it in the second half, but, you know, Vic Fangio um, said the Dolphins really don't have a starter uh, opposite Javon Holland. So maybe he uh, factors into that. Um, anything stick out to you about this initial depth chart? Um, not really. I mean, not not really. Uh, uh, you know, it everything was ex- pretty much as, as expected. Uh, a lot of things were as expected. Um, you yeah, know, I'll, say, still, I'll say with the starting putting, group, really nothing. They're, they're still putting Ra- Ramsey in at the uh, yeah, which is where, which is where when, you, when you go to that point, you're kind of like, yeah, all right, well, it's like, what is yeah, it? yeah, okay, okay. You don't want to, you know, you don't, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to piss Ramsey off right out of the box saying, okay, you're, you know, you're a few days from being injured, so you know, now you're down the depth chart. I don't know, is that, is that, I don't know if that's a you know, I, I mean, I mean, he's technically, he's technically still on the active roster, so maybe obviously once they get to the regular season and put on you know, a R, so, they'll change it. But yeah, yeah, well, you could put him down. The come on, who you I mean, you're not gonna put him as like fifth. I mean, you're not gonna put him as fifth string behind all the all the you know the yeah. undrafted free agents. All the all the all the, all the, all the guys are gonna be gone in two three weeks. Yeah, so. I mean, if I mean if they put Ramsey at sixteen core, I think somebody would be like, "What the heck's going on?" So yeah. uh, uh, I was um yeah that's that's one of the th- that's one of the things um i that was pretty much it i you know look a little, little curiosity okay they've got uh barrows as expected listed as their top kick returner uh yeah. returner which you know it's a he he's he did that well in with the jets uh and uh yeah it's it's exactly pretty well I mean, pretty much I find it interesting they listed uh they went with only two wide receivers and a fullback uh, well i mean they use ingold like ingold plays like 300 snaps i mean he might as well be a legitimate starter i mean they 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 yeah. use those they use those uh two running back formations with him a lot so it, i think it makes sense I think they're definitely going to do a lot of three wide receiver sets. I mean, they did that right. a lot last year, but not really as much relative to the rest of the NFL. But yeah, I mean that that third wide receiver spot is still one that is up for grabs. Obviously, they had like, they have Cedric Wilson and River Craycraft as I guess the number two, three, and four wide receivers right now. I'm not sure if I necessarily say that that's truly what it is based off of what I'm seeing uh, in training camp right now. I think Barrios has definitely been the most impressive wide receiver not named Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Um, but and, uh, I think either, any of those guys could end up kind of, you know, taking that third spot. And uh, Robbie Chosen, Chosen Anderson, which um, – It's Robbie Chosen now. That's what okay, – I mean, okay. I'm referring okay. to him as Chosen. That's, that's, that's what it is. Okay. So just referring to him as Chosen because I wasn't, I wasn't sure. And, they, you know, they listed most of these guys by their uh, – you know, last name. So, you know, yeah. there he was at third team wide receiver. Um, 
And I, I think that's a guy who I did they expect more from him? Well, I mean, he had a I mean he had a very impressive I think I, I really thought he was probably the top performer, truthfully, in OTAs. Like, that's how good he was. And obviously, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle weren't really getting many reps. I know Tyreek was dealing with something in the spring. So you kind of take that with a grain of salt. But again, he he went out there and he made the plays. Um, didn't really see it. It seems like his reps have been kind of limited, too. And we asked Wes Walker about that um, late last week. And he said, yeah, I think that we're all just kind of like mixing the guys in. I don't know if he's kind of just getting lost in the shuffle behind maybe some younger guys or what it may be like my my initial theory was that maybe they already know what they've seen from him like they already know what they got from him so maybe they're yeah. trying to see some younger guys get some guys younger reps maybe get the new guys who don't have as much chemistry I, I i don't know it's either one of two things it's either that he's not really made a good impression on them which i find that hard to believe because he was so good in the spring or it's that they know what they have in him and then they're trying to see the other guys because again this time last year um, you know, we didn't really know who was going to be the number three wide receiver. You know, you had Ezukama, who's now a second-year player as a rookie. He was looking really good. Cedric Wilson was re really looking really good. And then ultimately, neither of those guys really contributed at all on offense. It was River Craycraft and really Trent Sherfield that was the number three guy. Um, so, I mean, again, it kind of goes back to, like, the preseason games are going to be really impactful to decide who really does take that spot. And uh, right. again, the depth chart is only – it only means so much. It's, it, but, it, mean, it means only so much right now. And it, and it can assure you it changes day to day, uh, and it will definitely change by the time we're here next week. Yeah, even based on whatever we see Friday night, um, you know, right as far right now, uh, you know, we've got uh, Mr. White, like the backup quarterback. Uh, That's another thing I wanted to bring uh, out. Yeah, number two, and. Uh, you know, Mr. Thompson, number three. So that's an interesting thing because, again, again, they only – depth chart is, is fluid. But right. um, all the reports from camp, at least through OTAs and maybe the first couple of days of training camp were that Skyler looked better running the offense than Mike White. So, again, and again, you know, they – they threw a lot of the new guys, the new wide receivers in the, with the third team just, just kind of naturally. I mean, they kind of gave the incumbents, the incumbent wide receivers, the the edge there. So, again, I, I don't I don't know how much to look into that, but is this maybe like experience um, kind of playing a factor? Is it genuinely that the team has him as the backup right now? Obviously, you know, Mike McDaniel spoke about that as well, and he said, you know, you don't want to prematurely, um, you know, give one guy the edge because then another guy kind of catches on. I think we have seen that from Mike White, him looking a lot more comfortable running the offense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that, that, that caught my eye too because I thought just kind of naturally given Skyler's – now experience in this with this team and this system um and just the way he looked through otas in the first two weeks of training camp i thought maybe like hey maybe that's one of those things where they give him the edge and kind of give him the the the, the acknowledgement there um but that's for sure that's for sure uh um, a position battle that like it's going to be decided in training camp like i mean uh, in preseason games um, yeah yeah preseason games you know to uh um, we don't know if he or other starters are going to play um, in the preseason opener on Friday, McDaniel said he hasn't decided that yet. Um, I'd be surprised if we see them. I feel like it's going to be one of those things where uh, 
you know, we see him, you know, sit out the first two and then maybe the third game, he gets similar to last year um, against the Eagles where he goes out there and he gets, uh, you know, one or two um, series. Um, but definitely, you know, I think that they know what they have in Tua. They know what they have in the Tua and Waddle and Hill connection. Um, and these preseason games are really beneficial uh, to to see um, the two guys competing for the number two spot to get a lot of those reps and see how they kind of perform uh, in live fire, so to speak. Yeah. And that's, uh, it's just interesting, you know, uh, to see where the coaches' minds are at this moment or at whatever moment they were, you know, when they made this, when they made this chart. Um, so, yeah, the, the, you know, the first depth chart is always good for, you know, a training camp filler story, you know, if, okay, that takes care of this day. You know, so I can move that feature or that, you know, to the next day and, um, you know, in case somebody, but unless somebody gets injured and then, you know, then that, then that feature gets keep, keeps pushing along and pushed along or something really interesting happens. It, you know, I don't know if there's much excitement about it. Uh, Oh, no, there's a lot of fan oh. excitement. Oh, oh no, no, you're no, not no. Fans, fans are jumping at excited. this point because they're starving. Like, <laughs> like this, this is why training camp is, <laughs> you know, we, we talk about all this stuff during training camp because we're basically, we are feeding the, we, we feed the content beast as we, we often talk about today. We feed the fan beast. And we're, we're just throwing them morsels. And, you know, we and I'm, sometimes we throw them, you know, you know, cut, steak cuts and sometimes we're just throwing them spam. And that's all, you know, but they're sitting there, they're gobbling them, you know, and, the, and, you know, so the depth chart is, you know, the depth chart is frozen pizza. I mean, we're talking, and we're talking Tatinos too. Okay, ah, this, even, is, this is not even like DiGiorno. Domino's. I'm a Domino's man. This is a Domino's. I said, fro- I said frozen pizza. Oh, <laughs> I said frozen pizza. You Domino. Well, Domino's is sort of like the, the you know the, the frozen pizza of pizza places. Oh come okay. on, we're not we're not we're not gonna slander Domino's on this wonderful Tuesday night. We're oh, I, 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 the, the one thing. Okay, I I give you this. Domino's would. Um, I like the fact that they can do a a cut that gives them the square pieces in the middle, and then that they, they have a thin they can do a thin crust. And I like the uh, like we'll do a bacon, mushroom, and uh, you know beef or sausage. I'll do I'll do that. Oh man, if you're like tuning in the middle of this, you're like it's football podcast or a Domino's or pizza podcast. That's that's good stuff. Well, hey. <laughs> I, I, we we are uh, we're full service here. This is this is what makes a uh, you know this is what makes this podcast versatile. Versatile. Sure what's gonna happen? No, no, I get you though. I get you though. I will say um, again, you know, um, it's all fluid. Um, I think yeah. it's more it's more it's more telling like uh, the position, especially for the Dolphins, to just kind of move guys around at different spots. You know, Elijah Campbell, who's a former cornerbacker, spent time as cornerback. He's the second team safety, um, and there's a lot of injuries to that group. So I mean, I think. That, that's telling, you know, a guy that who doesn't have a ton of reps of safety um, is getting, you know, second team acknowledgement, at least for now. Um, another thing that just kind of stood out to me, and we haven't really talked much about the tight ends because, I mean, they don't really throw much of the tight ends. Um, but there was kind of a lot of hype behind some of their young guys. Um, Elijah Hood, their six-round pick, Julian Hill, who they signed as an undrafted free agent, Tanner Connor, an undrafted free agent from last year, who they really liked and made the team, but he's on the pup list right now. All those guys are behind uh, the the veteran edition, Tyler McCoff and Eric Robert. I think that that's one of those things that's kind of more telling of uh, how they feel about the young guys compared to the veteran guys right now, which who knows? A lot of stuff can happen until 
August 8th at approximately 6.59 p.m. And then when the season kicks off, September 10th um, at SoFi Stadium, the Dolphins take on Baltimore Chargers. But nonetheless, you know, still interested in the look at, discuss all that. All right, we're going to take a short break. But when we come back on the other side of things, uh, we spoke to Dolphins coordinators and assistant coaches late last week. Uh, first time speaking to Vic Fangio since the start of the training camp. He had some interesting comments about the state of the defense that he's now overseeing. We're going to get into those comments and dissect them after the break. Stay locked with us. We'll be back soon. What's going on, everybody? Still here on the Dolphins of that podcast with David Neal talking all things Dolphins. Now, in the first half, we took a look at the Dolphins initial depth chart, analysis, thoughts, and questions about that. Um, we're going to move really back to on the field and kind of the state of the Dolphins team um, again Entering the third week, or they're in the third week of training camp, um, hosting joint practices with uh, the Atlanta Falcons. However, they've been tinkering with uh, the roster, the back end of the roster, releasing some guys, signing some guys, trying to add some depth um, and, you know, kind of compensate for some injuries that they've sustained through the first two weeks of training camp. Um, but before those, before the, I would say, the kind of slew and flurry of roster moves they made in the past 72 or so hours, um, we had some interesting comments from new defensive coordinator Vic Fangio again in his first year leading this Miami defense that really entered training camp with, a, with high expectations um even after the injury of Jalen Ramsey there's some high expectations um but he said or he said multiple interesting things about the team the depth um and I want to get into that first we're going to start with a question that I posed to him um I I wanted to know again we talked about the the number of safety options that they have next to Javon Holland. I was wondering if, you know, maybe there's a chance they can do some three safety uh, um, packages, kind of mix things up. Um, and the exact quote about the possibility of a three safety package from Vandrill was, quote, not right now. We're still looking for the guy to surface next to Javon. So once we find that, we'll see if we have a third one. Now you move around. He was also asked about uh, the young cornerbacks who are being asked to step up in place of Jalen Ramsey, Noah Igbenogany, and Cam Smith. Uh, and Vangio says, I think both of them are making good progress. They're not where we need them to be just yet, but I think both of them are working hard and giving us good progress. And hopefully by game one, one of them or somebody else will surface and take that position. And then finally, he was asked about the depth that they have along the defensive line. Um, the guys that they have in place right now. And he said, we're still looking for a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth guy to surface. He said, we're really happy with the, the core guys, uh, Christian Wilkins, Zach Sealer, Raekwon Davis, um, but we still need some depth there. Um, and I thought that last comment was very interesting because about not even 24 hours later, the Dolphins tried out a trio of veteran defensive linemen. Uh, they eventually signed one of those guys, Deshaun Hand, a veteran uh, who knows Tua and Jalen Waddle and Raekwon Davis uh, from their time in Alabama. He's played in the NFL for a couple of years. Uh, they signed him. They released him drafted uh, player. Um, but just the fact that they're, that you hear those comments from Bangio and then you see them make a moves to not only kind of get rid of, you know, they, they, cut an undrafted guy, but getting some more veteran guys. I and mean, they're working out veteran guys. Um, again, a lot of high expectations for this defense entering the season. Um, are Banjo's comments something, nothing, or maybe a little bit in the middle? Just kind of want to want to wait and see uh, how this defense shakes out. What would what, you kind of take from those comments? Well, obviously, we, we always say 
right? We've, we've said on this podcast, you know, they can, they can say what they want. And, and it's like life. You can say whatever you want, you know, let's watch what you do. Yeah. And uh, if you say you're looking for somebody else, if you say you're, you know, you're looking for somebody else and then you try out a bunch of veteran guys, well, yeah, that kind of says that you're still looking for somebody else and you don't and you don't see it immediately or soon enough out of your young guys. Um and I mean his comments on the back end are you know probably pretty accurate. Um uh, there's a tendency to wonder if he's playing a little bit of mind games, but I I I I mean hey they pay Vic Vangio a lot of money. They pay him the highest paid defensive coordinator. He says we don't have any depth in the defensive line. Before you know it, they're working yeah. on defensive line. Yeah. Yeah, right. And then, exactly. And then, you know, in the back back in, let's see what happens in the next few weeks. Uh and you know, see if it all see if he's just trying to get, you know, somebody to really make really make a move forward. But it, it is interesting that this defense, which has, you know, some really, you know, just significant, solid, solid, big time pieces. Uh, obviously, he feels like they do, they don't have, you know, everything else to, or it seems like he doesn't feel like they have everything else to, you know, fill in the meal. Yeah, that, I mean, he said this. He said this at the end of mandatory minicamp. He said we got some talent in a lot of places, and then he said in some spots we got to find the talent. That was, I mean, yeah. it's not the first time that he's kind of said. I mean, and, and obviously, I mean, he's a football coach. He's and he's kind of old school. Uh, there's a lot of people that say he, he's he's a straight shooter, so he just he'll just say call it like it is. Um, so there is some like all right, like how much is this just him kind of just being kind of one of an old school football coach and not being content at all. Um, to your point about monitoring what they do and not just what they say, I thought one of the more interesting moves was back when they signed Eli Apple. And that caught my eye because when Jalen Ramsey went down, um, McDaniel was asked about the team working out free agent cornerbacks. And he said, yeah, we'll probably work out some guy for quote depth purposes. They go sign a guy in Eli Apple, who is the most, I won't say, I won't say accomplished, but experienced cornerback, healthy cornerback, Outside of Jalen Ramsey, when you, I mean, so, excuse me, outside of Xavier Howard, when you say, when you say depth purposes, I was assuming it was going to be, you know, a young guy, right? Um, they just need just to kind of get through the reps because, you know, they have some injured cornerbacks. Right. And, nah, this- and then somebody who can put, if he does make the roster, he's going to wind up playing more on special teams. Than exactly. Else. Like, no, like this, Eli no. Apple is a guy who has starting they, experience. They said a starter. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was really interesting. And again, you know, signing, uh, you know, a veteran defensive lineman, you know, days just two days after uh, his comments. Um, obviously, they they kind of wanted more there. They wanted maybe wanted more production there. Um, safety is interesting because um, and and Banjo said this as well. You know, he just really doesn't have enough information to like just to, to really say what he has there. Obviously, they have Javon Harlan, Deshaun Elliott. They signed him from the Lions in the offseason. He's been getting a lot of reps. Um, but, you know, two of the main guys who they'd be kind of working in to see how they fit in this defense haven't been able to because of injuries. And that's Brandon Jones and Trey Williams. So he said, like, I just don't have enough information right now. And I mean, maybe that's part of it. Like, he just doesn't know enough right now, um, especially with the young guys, the young cornerbacks as well. He, uh, Noah Igbenogany, Cam Smith. Um, Noah's working in a new scheme and he's looked good, but, you know, he's worked playing in a new scheme and hasn't had a lot of playing time in his career. Cam Smith is a rookie. So a lot of it is just like, 
He just doesn't know what he has, and it's just a little too early to say what he has. Uh, but again, for a defense that a lot of people expected to be make the jump and be a top 10, maybe elite unit, truly elite unit, uh, for him to say, you know, we don't have depth at multiple spots, and I just don't know if we have the guys yet. Uh, you know, it's kind of interesting to me. You know, I think that when you look at the Dolphins' offense, you like you know what they have. You know they have, uh, you know, uh, uh, an established starter and two when healthy. You know they have the two fastest wide receivers in the NFL, and you're like, all right, like, you know, you can you can, you can work with that. Um, and on the Dolphins side, you know they they have he said like he said it himself. They have the talent there. They have talent in a lot of spots. Like you said, he had a lot of high praise for Christian Wilkins as well as Javon Holland. He called Christian Wilkins already one of the top players in the league, and he said he expects Javon Holland to be a top safety. Uh, but you know even. David Long, he said, you know, he's had some ups and downs. You know, we talked to uh, his position coach and he was effusive in praise. And the first thing that Vic Vangio said was, you know, he has, he's had his ups and downs uh, in this system. So uh, he well, just seems yeah. to be a straight, he just seems hey. to be a straight shooter. Like you're going to call it like it is. He's not you know. going to gash your head unless uh, he thinks you really deserve it. That's what it seems like right now. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, that's, it's a lot of coaches are like that, but I also think they don't want, he doesn't want, he obviously does, doesn't want anybody getting too, high and comfortable with themselves outside of those pl- certain players that everybody knows they're there. I'm sure he doesn't want anybody getting too high and comfortable with themselves as they learn, pick up a new system and execute it and uh, being very happy with themselves until they have executed it to uh, to a high level in a game. And, uh, you know, playing well in practice is, is good and you need to do that. Um, but, you know, let's, I'm sure he's thinking, okay, let's see how, let's see how we look, uh, on Friday night. And, you know, I think that's, we'll, we'll see in the future again with what they do, we'll see how comfortable they are with what they have. And, um, yeah, although, although let me tell you what, if they get, if they get lit up by Atlanta in any way, I mean it's a preseason game. It's I a pre it's a preseason game, but it's Atlanta. I mean, hey, Atlanta. I was talking to somebody at run practice, and I'm like, Atlanta is not like a they're not a juggernaut by any means. I mean, haven't made the playoffs and God knows since like the Matt Ryan days. But you know, it's not like they're like a like a basement dweller the past two years. I mean, they they were kind of around a 500 team. They added some nice players in the offseason like I don't I mean it kind of broke, brings me into my last point it, which was really about the Dolphins offenses you know it really hasn't been the start to training camp that a lot of people expected um I don't want to make too much of it because I think that um I think that this is just kind of the the adjustment period in year two like teams know what the Dolphins do best so they're working to counteract it and now we're kind of seeing those growing pains and we saw that again in Tuesday's practice um with some red zone struggles some procedural penalties that they still got to clean up from last year um does that change the start of training camp for the Dolphins offense change um you know maybe a potential uh preseason uh kind of setup in your eyes like on Friday night do you want to see the starting defense to try to work out the kinks of that new defense? Do you want to see the offense out there? Or do you just kind of shelf the guys until game two, game three? Because they still I have see, another they know, they have another week of Houston practice. Houston right practices next week. So they're still right. they got two more kind of inner squad practices before that preseason game. I'll stay with what I said 
a couple of weeks ago. Um, I want to see the first team offense for. I want to see the first team offense for one or two series in game one, in preseason game one, in game one, yeah. And let's just see where you are. Uh, I want to see you for one or two series, and then, you know, and and if you walk down the field and score, okay, and and mm-hmm. look good, look good doing it, okay, fine. That shows me where you are. You're done. Um, I want to see the first team defense for again one or two possessions. I want to see where they, I, you know, this is. You know, I, I just think you want you should want to see where you know the team where, is where, yeah. where these guys are. Yeah, just this. Okay, we've had we've had practices, we had joint practices, we've had yeah, yeah. But let's get to this next level of you know sort of rubber bullets flying, if you will, and let's you know let's kind of see where where we are there. And you know, I, I don't think you play guys deep. Into the game yeah, I mean, I would say, I would say, certain certain vets, certain vets like X, I probably I'm probably sitting him out. Teron Armstead, I'm probably sitting him out. Outside of that, I don't think there's any established yeah. vets that I like. Those are the two guys who, for sure, just given their injury history, I would say they don't need to play in the preseason, or if they do, they play one series in the third game. But right. outside of those guys. So I, I tend to agree with your point. I think that the Dolphins should kind of take an approach that they took last year where Tua didn't play in the first preseason game, but the first team offense oh, – sorry, excuse me. The first team offensive line was on the field. Um, you know, you don't you – know, I don't really need – I don't need to see Waddle. I don't need to see Tyreek. Um, if you put the starting offensive line out there, um, and then maybe even for two series, you get the two starting offensive line in there, and then you maybe rotate Eichenberg – to you know, get some of the other guys competing, right. maybe get them two series, and then also you know this is opportunity to we said before see what the backup contenders have. You know, maybe first game you're having Mike White start the game with the first team offensive line, get a couple series in, then you get Mike White. Oh, excuse me, you get Scott Thompson in there, and then maybe you flip it for the second game. I mean, it's all kind of relative depending on how the offense progresses and in, in practice. Um, but I, I I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool with what I've seen from two. I don't think it's been great. I don't think the offense has been great, but I'm cool with kind of sitting two out until the third game again. Like truthfully, I'm I'm fine with that. I'd rather see the offensive line continue to because I think that that's my main kind of uh, point of concern at this point with with the team. The offensive line, especially that left guard spot, I'd rather see them kind of get things, uh, kind of get things gelling and kind of work on their their time in there. I th- I think you I. I understand the aversion to basically, you know, basically exposing guys to key guys to being hurt, which, you know, as we know, can happen any play, any way, any, you know, any number of, you know, uh, you know, anything from, you know, big hit, bad step, meteor falling, whatever, you know, but I do think uh, as a, you know, just a guy who, in the information gathering uh, way, I do want to see, and I don't need to see it long. I do want to see the first team offense. I do want to see the first team defense. And and, and if and that, I'm thinking, I'm not saying that as a fan. I'm saying that if I were, you know, if I were a coach, and obviously they have ten thousand other concerns, you know. Um, but just this is your base. This is. This is your product. This is your baby. So let's see what, you know, the product in its best form. 
looks like right now. Let's see the state of this right now because, you know, yeah, it's probably perfectly fine. But, you know, the best teams, I think they check back every, you know, they check back periodically. Okay, let's make sure it's still perfectly fine. Okay, right. You're still good. Okay. You know, let's, and I don't think you, yeah, I don't, I think, you know, you want to get a lot of reps in for a lot of different people. I think you can still do that. Uh, But let's just, you know, again, let's just see where, where you really are. Let's, if you're the first team defense, let's really see at, in a pseudo game situation, you know, how guys are grasping, how guys are grasping their keys, how guys are grasping the defense. Let's see. Let's really see. And, or let's just at least get a little hint of seeing. And then, you know, it's something you take, take into the next week of practices and say, okay, you know, we're doing this well, you know, let's do cursory work on this and then move on to something else or saying, Hey, you know, we're really, you know, we're not doing this well, or maybe even we're not doing this as well as we were last year. You know, because teams, there's inconsistency in players. I mean, even at a high, there's inconsistency, you know, at a high, even at a high level that, you know, you're doing something on the one to 10 scale you're doing, you know, where one year you're doing it at 9.5 and the next year you're doing it at 8.5. And or the next year you're doing it at, for some reason at 7.8, you know. Um, so I, I just think you want to make sure where you are, where you, you have where you think you are, but let's just get a little more information on where you really are. And then, you know, after that, go on and do, get, get the guys in so you can see them and make good decisions about, you know, the top to bottom of the roster. Cause you know, I, you never, again, you, I do agree that you never know what, what player is going to make that difference for you in a seat in a season. And, you know, the NFL is still a very tight league. So. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, again, McDaniel said he hasn't made any decisions. Tuesday when he spoke to uh, me, he said he hadn't made any decisions yet. Speaks Wednesday morning. Maybe we'll find a little bit more then. Maybe he'll kind of talk to a few guys that he doesn't anticipate on planning. Uh, to your point, yeah, I mean, Jalen Waddle said definitely wasn't the practice the offense wanted, but, you know, they're going to try to learn from that, bounce back. Uh, so we'll see what they do uh, on the second day of joint practice for the Falcons as well as for the preseason opener on Friday. All right, that brings us to the end of another edition of the Dolphins Net Podcast. I want to thank you guys as always for tuning in. Reminder to subscribe, like, share, to the Miami Herald to the Miami Herald YouTube page, as well as the Miami Herald again. Miami Herald itself, you know, get 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 all of our stories. Daniel Smith the Dolphins. My stories on doctors, you know, taking out stuff and they taking out the wrong thing in surgery. <laughs> oh, you didn't realize that was the most popular story on our website. Dude thought he was. T- Dude thought he took out a kidney. He took out an inflamed cyst. Too too much to tell the patient, <laughs> or the patient too much for the patient to find out. But you know, you can get everything at the Miami Heroes, <laughs> uh, including our water war coverage of training camp. Again, uh, we're there every day uh, with a live blog, um, live blog of McDaniel's comments before practice. Uh, no book as well as main story uh, taking away or recapping our takeaways from uh, training camp as well as, uh, you know, we're going to be there uh, Friday night to recap the first preseason game. 
Um, we'll talk to you next week uh, to recap another week of Dolphins football. But until then, you guys take care. See you.